Hello there and welcome to Dwarven Subtlety. This is a podcast, usually it's for DMs and players. This episode, I kind of just want to tell a few of my stories. Um, so I'm going to do two episodes, one back to back. I'll do one right now and then I'm going to record another one right away as soon as I'm done. So you'll get two of them on this, uh, this group. And the reason I want to split them up is I want to do one set of stories as a player and one set of stories as a DM. Basically they're the same things, just point of view. You know, hey. <laughs> and as a player, I actually have a lot more stories because I think of really wacky things for my character to do. And I like to see if I can get away with it with my DM. Um, as a DM, it's more of the storylines that I develop and wacky stories that I players try to get past me. So that's pretty fun too. And unfortunately, I'm a lot wackier than most of the people I play with. So it's hard for them to pull one over on me like that, but you'll, 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 you'll see, it'll, it'll be fun. Um, all right, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and try to do this chronologically if I can. Um, so let's see, so that one I was DM, that one was DM. Um, okay, so player, I was a first a player of D&D during fourth edition. Uh, I DM during second. I didn't do anything during third. I bought the books, but I never found anyone to play with. Um, and my second is actually really wonky. You'll, you'll understand when I get to that in a bit. I probably told you this in the first episode. Anyway, so fourth edition, let's see. So one of my favorite sayings is I love to play dwarves. And I have a phrase that I say called Dwarven Subtlety. By the way, that's the name of this podcast. You're going to learn the story of Dwarven Subtlety right now. <laughs> uh, so this dwarf character I had, he had two things that were super subtle. I can tell you both right now. So the first one he had, um, we had the, uh, the, you know, the, the band of rogues or whatever saying that we had to go take care of something down in the sewers so that we could get the... The quest or whatever it was, you know, the thing, you know. <laughs> so then we go down into the sewers, and there's a whole bunch of cobalts down there, like way more than you would normally expect. And my character, the dwarf Templeton, Templeton Stouthammer, the first, um, he's down there with the party, and one of our players is a. I can't remember exactly what his class was, but he was basically a tinker. He made bombs, and he made robots, um, and he made a bunch of fun little stuff. And he'd use them to fight with, so he'd have them, like, flying around and stabbing people and whatnot. Or he'd have, you know, like, uh, what was it, the, uh, the instant kill mode on Spider-Man, where, like, the claws just come out and start stabbing people. He'd do stuff like that. This is 10, 15 years ago, though, so there was not that as inspiration. I guess the original comic book wasn't still... Anyways, to the story. I swear there's a story. <laughs> so, we're in this area, and it's, you know, it's a 90-degree turn, uh, and on the, on, after you make the turn, there's a whole bunch of co cobalts. I mean, I, th I think altogether there were, like, 12. And this is 4th edition, so we know some of them are minions. So any damage will kill them. Um, and then we can see that there's two sort of tough guys and then one boss and I look over to the the, the, the artificer I guess he was I don't know whatever the, the, the mechanic the inventor and I say hey give me one of your bombs and strap it to my shield he's like why I'm like I'm gonna do something really stupid and it's gonna be really awesome and he's like okay <laughs> do it why not 
So it gives me the, the, the bomb, we strap it to my shield, he rolls a 20 on the check, so it's installed perfectly. We're both safe. Um, and then I basically just charge, full tilt, into the middle of these kobolds. They're not prepared for us. Half of them are still asleep. Um, it, and I just basically just bull rush right into the middle of them, smash the boss with the shield, with the bomb on it. Good ideas. Um, <laughs> and it goes off. Uh, half damage to anyone who, who saves. All of the minions are dead. So now we're down to three people instead of there being 12 or whatever it was. Um, the boss takes full damage. One of the min one of the, uh, the, 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 the toughs takes full damage. The other tough takes half damage. So now we're down. The boss is bloody. The other guy is bloody, and the other guy is dead. So there's two guys left. And I have two attacks. <laughs> so for my second attack, I use like this almighty cleave, and I just basically slash through both of them. And we killed everyone in the first action of that fight that my DM had spent probably 30, 40 minutes. He had dialogue for them. He had all these things. And oh my gosh, he was so angry at me when I did that. Because I'm like, okay, I got an idea. Give me a bomb. All right, strapped on my shield. Cool, let's roll for the check. Cool, we're good. All right, I charge in and just bought a bull rush. I'm just like, what? It was maybe 10 seconds from when I decided what I was going to do to when I did it. <laughs> and one of my guys goes, oh my gosh, that was subtle. And I just sort of look at him and smile a little bit. Hey. So, the DM, you know, he finishes his fuming and whatnot. It's the job of the DM to, let, to understand your players are going to ruin everything you plan for. That's just what the players do. As a DM, you should know this. I know this. It's wonderful. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I railroad my players a little bit, but it's good for them. You know, they get a good story out of it. Uh, so that was that. So the next thing, um, so we get back up above surface and we're looking for these rogues and the party decides we're going to be really sneaky about this. And so they're all going through, they're looking for stuff, they're being kind of stealthy. I rolled my stealth and I got a one. So I look at my DM and I look at my players and I say, I'm going to be really, really subtle. And I just hear a groan of, of resignation. It's all over. Templeton's going to be subtle. <laughs> so, so I'd be my super subtle self. And I just walk right through the middle of the marketplace. Get to the middle and I yell out, Hey! Where are y'all at? My, all the players around me just start roaring, laughing. The DM does a face, you know, slaps his forehead. I, it was just beautiful. And so I get an arrow to the shoulder. And I, I'm like, I want to roll perception to see where it came from. I rolled high numbers, 17, 18, really good. And so I, I, I'm able to see it. And I just bull rush straight towards where that arrow came from. And we, you know, I catch the guy, smack him with my shield. Hold him down, pin him down. And that's where the phrase Dwarven Subtlety has originated from. So, if you're ever wondering, that's how subtle I am when I play a dwarf. 
And that dwarf, I've had four Templetons now. So I'm just Templeton the fourth. Templeton Stoudhammer the fourth. And all of them are played pretty much the exact same way. They're the same person. Uh, they're just family, you know. Great-grandfather. He, he was a stubborn bastard. Great-grandson. So much worse. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's fun. It, it, my, my players have fun with that. I have fun with that. My DMs actually do have a lot of fun with me uh, when I'm playing with them. Because I know that I am a presence in the group. So what I'll try to do is I'll try to pull my presence back. And I will be quiet. And my DM knows when I have a plan. Because I'll be really, really quiet. And I'll look at everyone. And I'll wait for them to give their plan first. And then I'll throw out a couple little hints. And if no one picks it up, I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. And then they all agree. I kind of hate that a little bit. I want other people to guide the story more than me. Because when I do it, I derail like crazy. I do the weirdest things. I am, yeah. If you're a DM was a railroaded adventure set up, don't ever play with me. Or if you do, tell me what the railroad is and I'll make sure it happens. It's gonna happen if I know it. Uh, my last DM, Chris, I kind of actually sat down with him like, dude, if you have a storyline, Tell me what it is. Don't give me the specifics. Tell me where we need to go. I will make sure we go there. And the party went so much smoother after that. Because I derailed us for like probably two months. And I felt really bad about that. Because there was story to have. And yeah, I screwed it up. To be fair, I just made all the baddies significantly worse and way the hell harder. Gave my DM time plan for more horrible things to happen to us. Life was good. Uh, I've got other stories, but I really just want to tell this one other one because it's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's my most recent group that I was in about a year ago. The character's name was Joran. Um, uh, Joran Indal. Uh, very important to have that name there because the Indals are my other legacy family. Uh, there are eight of them, eight Indals. Um, wonderful group. They range pretty much every class there is, every race there is. They're wonderful. Um, very humanoid, though. Elf, half-elf, uh, human. Um, there is a halfling, so there is that. Uh, but, yeah, they've got a good range. Um, anyways, off of that. Um, so Joran is a... Um, he he's, uh, started out as a ranger... And in 5th edition, there's like a, a, an alternate version of the Ranger, which is really actually pretty good. You get a lot of great boosts to it. There's a lot of great stats. Wonderful things happen. So I made the character with that when we first started. And then my DM said that he wanted to go to D&D Beyond for all of our characters. So I ported the character over, and that version of Ranger isn't there. And I was really upset. And I'm like, look, this... I want to keep the character name, but this ranger, it's not the same ranger as what I started with. He wouldn't budge, um, so I had to keep the ranger level, so I've got three levels in ranger and seven levels in monk. The ranger levels never do anything for me, for the most part. It gives me an extra darkness spell for that. That's really it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a, I, I have a love of bows. That's really, that's really all it is. Which is weird because my character 100% does not use bows, but I've got a bow. His storyline is a lot of fun. I, I could go on with him 
I could do an entire episode about just him, dear Lord. Um, I could do an episode about the Indals. I might. We'll see. I may give you a bonus third episode today. We'll see. Um, so, this character, high level, uh, fair, fair level monk, you know, he's, he's all right. Um, we get to an area where he's built up this, uh, what's the best way to say this? It's just like a spire. Uh, it's a stone spire. It's a mountain. It's like a thousand feet tall. Um, and then on the top of it, there is a castle. I'm not describing this well because we had a hard time sort of figuring out what the map was. And in this adventure, we tried every angle that we could. We were like, oh, okay, well, what if we like scale the mountain behind this and like come up to it and then drop down on it with like Featherfall? And he's all like, oh, well, you can't. It's, just, it's too far away. You can't do this. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, it's next to water. What if we swam up to it? And so we sent someone to scout it out. And from the scout, it took a half an hour to get there, a half an hour to get back. And we're like, we want to be at the closest place possible to this so we can just jump in and go check it out. And with that swim, we we weren't going to make it. We've got people who wear plate mail. It's not going to happen. I mean, we we were never going to make that swim. And... I'm like, okay, well, what about the direct route? We're looking at this going up. I mean, people have to get up to the top of this. What's the path? He's like, oh, there's a circular path that goes all the way up, and there's a guard every so many feet. And I was like, okay, this adventure kind of stinks. And so I sit down, you know, we, we have a session break, and I sit down with a couple of the other players and say, okay, hey, I want, I want to beat this thing as fast as we can. I don't want to you know, mess around with this for five or six sessions and do a bunch of horrible stuff. This is a side quest. Let's get through this. And so we figured out that between three of us, um, myself, um, uh, an artificer uh, mage, and uh, another full ranger, between the three of us, I could complete the mission alone in about 20 minutes. Game time. 20 minutes and we didn't tell our DM any of this so he comes up and he's like okay what do you guys want to do and I'm like enact operation bad idea I'm gonna die if anything goes wrong I'm dead I almost died um, so <laughs> operation bad idea was this um, the artificer casts um, um, wall walk or whatever it is basically means I can walk my speed directly up the side of a uh, uh, a hill or a cliff. I can go vertical, I can go inverted, whatever I need to do, I can walk it. You know, it, I'm like a spider. Um, and then we put the ranger in our bag of holding because she had a spell that would locate the object we were looking for. Locate object. And it was only within a thousand feet, so she had to come with me. So we, we, we squeezed her into the bag of holding. Um traffic. Love it. Um, we squeeze her to the bag of holding and we get her going and as a monk, I can run up a vertical, vertical surface at my full speed. Um, and I can shadow slip basically. I can teleport 30 feet in any direction as long as it's in shadow. Dear Lord, did I abuse that? So... I bamf up onto the top of the tower, throw a rock on, throw a rock, you know, on the on the on the wall, bamf away, 
keep on running, keep on bamfing. I'm basically just like, you know, I'm invisible. I run into some guards. I slash one and bamf away. The other guard has no idea what's happening. He's got a hurt friend he's going to take care of. Beautiful use of the skill. Um, and then I get to the, uh, the tower. And instead of going up the circular round, I run straight up the surface. Barreled on right all the way up there. I get to the top and um, I, I pull out the, uh, the, the rogue, sorry, the ranger. She casts the, uh, the spell, gets a good breath. Ooh, pulls some air into the bag, all that stuff. Um, tells me she can't see it. So I bamf away and go, and go like, you know, a good thousand feet away on top of this hill or cliff, crag, whatever you want to call it. Pull her out, she can sense it. It's on the top of the top of the top of this thing very top. So I go ahead and I spider climb my way up that, next uh, up the castle. We get to the top uh, top of the castle, I pull her out, she gets her air back in, yada yada, um, and she's like, it is right there. It is 10 feet beneath us, I can almost see it. And so I'm like, awesome, great. So I climb down, look in the window, I bamf inside, and I make a whole bunch of noise because I rolled a one. Gotta love a one. Uh, the elf queen wakes up and immediately attacks me. Um, but I've, but while she's attacking me, the, the, the thing that we're looking for, it's like this uh, evil black shard of uh, ancient sword. She's wearing it around her neck. And I grab it, yank it off, and I bamf out the window doing a free fall. So I just bamf outside. I'm going. And I have already taken damage. I have, I think at this point, I have like three hit points left. I'm gonna die if I hit the ground. <laughs> so after I bamf out, I start falling. I'm able to bamf up onto a window ledge and catch it. And I make a perfect athletics roll or an acrobatics, whatever we have to roll. I uh, got like a 19 and I was able to grab onto it with no damage taken. I heal myself because I can. I've got those couple levels of ranger. May as well. So I heal myself using all of my spell slots because what the hell else am I going to do with them? Uh, oh, no, I left two. Sorry, I left two because of the plan. Uh, so I have myself fully healed up. And then I basically run down the side of this cliff. Or down the side of the castle. And my DM has been messing with the artificer this whole time. So he's, like, trying to get him seduced trying to get him drunk. He's trying to break his concentration because it's a concentration spell, but you don't have to see your target. You just have to keep concentrating. So yeah, we were having a lot of fun with it. That whole side of it was just hilarious. Um, I, we're, we're, we're singing like, you know, Justin Bieber with your songs and uh, I don't know, other such bands. Yeah. Anyway, so we're having a lot of fun with this and on the way down, maybe a hundred feet from the bottom of the castle, the DM finally gets him to break concentration by basically having a chick like make out with him and dry hump him in the middle of the tavern he's in. In retrospect, he should have done this in a quiet room, but whatever. Um, so concentration is broken and I'm falling, but I look up and I can see that there is a building right across from me. It's almost level with me. I won't take any damage if I bamf to it. So I bamp to it, hit the ground, no damage. Um, and my DM was looking at me and he's smiling. He's like, I've got you now, sucker. Now you've got to get down this whole thing without this and you're going to die. 
I get the ranger out. She heals me to full and gives me 20, or no, she gives me 18 temporary hit points. We said 20, whatever. I smile at the DM, put her head back into the bag, and I leap off the side of this cliff. Thousand foot cliff. In real life, you're dead. As a monk, I take half falling damage, minus the first 30, uh, 30 feet. Um, and there's only so much damage I can take because of fifth edition fall rules. So he rolls all of his dice. He's like, I'm going to get you. You're going to die. You've only got 60 hit points. You're going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to get you. I had 78 hit points. And he could have killed me. Absolutely could have. There was a chance he killed me. And if I'm unconscious, I can't pull the ranger out of the bag. So she's dead too, because she'll suffocate. So I get out there and I'd done the math. I was pretty sure I was gonna survive. And right before I hit, um, I did an acrobatics check to mitigate as much damage as I could. We had rules, table rules already set in place for this. So I was basically abusing all of the table rules that we had to win this game, pretty much. Um, and I ended up taking 40 damage. I didn't even need the temporary hit points. Hit the ground, and as I hit the ground, right before I hit it, I cast a, a, a silent sphere. So when I hit, I didn't make any noise, so none of the guards were alerted. Pull the ranger out so she can catch her breath. She taps me for a heal. I'm back up to 40 hit points, something like that, because she got a really good roll. Put her back in the bag, bamf back to the to the gate. I've got the shard in the bag of holding, so it's in a separate realm, so they can't track it. I basically have won this entire thing. And I did it in, I think it took me 45 minutes. I'm super proud of that entire thing. That was, hands down, the most batshit crazy player shenanigans I've ever pulled. And I'm so proud of it. <laughs> so those are the two stories I'm going to give you for, for as a player. So you've got dwarf, the story of Dwarven Subtlety and the story of the stupid freaking monk of 5th edition. Um, if, you're play, if you ever want to play a character that's broken, play a monk. They are so broken, it's just ridiculous. Uh, they're wonderful, though. So those are my stories for, for, uh, for this one. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to have a second story up in just a few moments. It'll take me an hour or so to record and edit, edit and upload. So hopefully soon you'll have it. I'll probably actually just upload all these at the same time. So no time to wait at all. How about that? Good for you. Anyways, uh, this is Dwarven Subtlety. Stay subtle, my lads.